for me, speaking is selling. And so every time I speak, I'm selling. Whether I'm selling a product on the end, like an actual thing, what I call a sharp sell, which is where you make an offer, or it's a soft sell, which is it might be just a content upgrade, like a piece of content, or an, or what what we call a no sell, which is just a classic keynote. But all throughout the presentation, there should be um, what I call infusion selling. And infusion selling is. You're listening to the Influencer Podcast today, episode 134. Do not forget to download your free transcript today at juliesolomon.net slash 134 because you are not going to want to miss all the goodness that today has to offer. And with that said, have you ever wanted to be a public speaker or speak from a stage and sell your own products? Well, Colin Boyd teaches people how to become more confident while speaking on stage. This could include a live stage or something like a webinar or a Facebook Live. It's really about the idea of infusion selling, which is essentially speaking in a way that sells throughout your entire presentation, rather than making a sell or an offer at the end. Khan has spent the last eight years in coaching, corporate training, and keynote speaking around the world for large corporations and organizations, and he helps entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, and consultants increase their influence and leverage their passion through speaking from stage. Colin has spoken to audience of over 5,000 people at a time and is obsessed with providing the perfect blend of psychology and practicality in all of his programs and products. Now, guys, there are a ton of amazing light bulb moments in this episode, so make sure to download your free transcript at juliesolomon.net slash 134. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hey, Colin, it's so great to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks, Julie. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So I want to kind of get into speaking and kind of um, from stage, from stages, whether that's a small stage of five people or a big stage of 50,000 people getting into this um, and how you got into it. So why speaking and selling from stage being, how did that become your zone of genius? I think for me, uh, it definitely didn't start out as my zone of genius. I remember being a young little boy sitting in school, I was at a private Catholic school. You can probably hear my accent. I grew up in Australia and uh, I was in a little Catholic school. And I remember it came to my turn to read from the, a passage from the Bible actually. And I, I remember starting to stutter and, and just feeling like my whole world just shrunk in on me. And I remember this like visceral experience of speaking to an audience per se and feeling like everyone was looking at me and thinking that I was an idiot, that I couldn't even read. And I remember that experience really kind of marked me in a negative way emotionally for, I would say, over a decade. It probably wasn't until I was about 22, 23 years old that I really realized how impactful that experience was. And I'd been avoiding speaking in public for for pretty much that whole period heading into university and so forth. And so it definitely didn't start out as an area that I wanted to grow in. But then I started to, as a, as a professional, I went into marketing. And then I started to just notice that people who were leading were, were obviously speaking a lot, whether that be in meetings 
or whether that be at conferences. And I started to get just fascinated with this whole idea of how do I influence more people from a greater capacity? And for me, I saw that as, I mean, this is pre-social media. I think MySpace was out. So that wasn't even like a thing yet. And, and I remember just watching people do it from stage and just thinking, wow, that is just, that's just fascinating. And, and even just if you go back in history, you know, from all the great spiritual leaders, everyone spoke on a stage to really build their, their tribe, you know, especially back in the day. And now with social media on, you know, with Facebook Live and webinars and all that sort of stuff, for me, they're all stages. And so I just got obsessed with this idea of how do I be a better communicator on a stage? And that kind of, it grew from there. So that's really neat how it kind of came from this, this curiosity, this fascination, this fascination, if you will. And then it kind of built up from there. Um, Now, when it comes to speaking on stage, there's a ton of questions that I know that people have. There's a lot that comes with the mindset, with, you know, the confidence to do it, with how do you do it, with how do you meet the right people to do it? And then to when you're on that stage, what do you do? What do you say? So I would love to kind of first just kind of navigate these whole things for you. If there's somebody who's listening, that's like, I've been wanting to do this. I have an expertise that I can talk about. Um, and I've been networking and I've been finding some things, but I don't quite know what to craft or how to craft what I'm going to say once I get up there. What are your tips and tools for that? And I've been networking and I've been finding some things, but I don't quite know what to craft or how to craft what I'm going to say once I get up there. What are your tips and tools for that? Well, I remember, I remember my first ever speaking gig and that was a, a referral from a friend who couldn't do the speaking gig and he'd referred it to another friend and they couldn't do it and it got given to me. So, right, it's this, it's this really high-quality lead that no one wants. And they gave it to me. Uh, I remember heading into it and I was so nervous. My wife, who's just amazing, was like my personal mentor um, emotionally heading into it. And for me, I just kind of asked the question of like, what do I know? Uh, what do I feel somewhat confident to speak on? And obviously I was given a time for me, I was given 60 minutes and I, I created what I called the six, um, the six rules of success. And it's funny when I think back at it now, I was about 27 years old when I was speaking about this like success principles, but I really, it really was human behavior. Cause I was, I was accredited as a, like a, a life coach, a high performance coach. And, uh, I spoke on that and, and at the end of the presentation, uh, I made an offer. And the offer was to, uh, you know, go in the draw to win a couple of coaching sessions with me. And I remember there was 137 people in the audience and 125 of them put in their details into to get in contact with me. And up until that point, I'd really been struggling to get clients. And I probably had one coaching client and I was already through my entire diploma of coaching and I was really kind of feeling like it just wasn't working. And I remember that one speaking gig, I landed about 12 coaching clients. So pretty much had a full practice within two weeks on the back end of that. And then landed my first paid speaking gig, which was with Hewlett Packard. And, wow. and that experience for me was, that was like my defining moment of, wow, I, one presentation uh, and I was reading this recently in a book that Dan Kennedy wrote about one presentation can quite literally change the trajectory of your life. 
and that did at that moment. And I remember HP took me on and they'd been, they've been working with me for over 10 years. They fly me all around the world to speak at their major conferences. And it's like literally from a free speaking gig that no one wanted. And there was only just over 100 people in the room. And so you never know who's in the room, even if it's a really small speaking gig, like never, ever. I mean, for me, especially when you're getting started, like never look down on a really small speaking opportunity because you just never know who's in the room. And so I think coming into it practically, it's thinking, what do I want as an outcome? You always work from the, from the end game back. And so it's like, what do I want as an outcome? For me, I wanted some more clients. I didn't, I didn't want to just inspire people, which is, and this is one of the core philosophies that we teach in Self from Stage Academy is you're not here to just inspire them. You are here to change their lives. And the way you change their lives is by them joining your program. Because I can give you 30 minutes of inspiration, which is cool. But if you really want to have your life changed, you need to go through the whole process. And that's why we do online programs. That's why you do online programs and, you know, live programs, all that sort of stuff as well. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. And I love that you talked about that, that it's really, it's not just about going on stage, sharing a piece of information, sharing some inspiration and, and then leaving. It's really, you have this prime opportunity to really be of service and to use what you create as a, as a tool to help make this audience's lives or businesses better than when they walk through the door. So I would love for you to kind of walk us through that. There, there, I know that there has to be an art form or strategy behind, you know, going on a stage, giving your presentation, and then being able to really bring those people with you when you leave the room. So if you could kind of walk us through how that is, like how to make a presentation very persuasive, how to make it results driven and how to make it impactful for you as the speaker, no matter what your goal is, if it is to get people to sign up for your workshop or for your program or for your next event or whatever that may be, how do you, how do you set that up? Yeah. Um, so for, I think it all starts first with your thinking about the presentation. I know that doesn't seem very practical, but it actually is. And what I mean by that is the intention that you come into the presentation with changes everything. And so for me, one of the, the, the distinctions that I've made over the years is realizing that if you view speaking as speaking is education or speaking is entertainment, 
that's the result you're going to get. For me, speaking is selling. And so every time I speak, I'm selling. Whether I'm selling a product on the end, like an actual thing, what I call a sharp sell, which is where you make an offer, or it's a soft sell, which is it might be just a content upgrade, like a piece of content, or an, or what what we call a no sell, which is just a classic keynote. But all throughout the presentation, there should be um, what I call infusion selling. And infusion selling is where you're peppering ideas and creating. Um, ideas that are really open loops for people that you're not closing. And so what I mean by that is you might be sharing an idea, but you might not share the whole idea. Uh, It might be a part of a process that you share. And so you've kind of opened the loop for them. You know, it's, this is what like a really good webinar will do. This is what a really good presentation will do, especially if it wants to lead to another thing. And so, you know, for, for a classic example would be, you know, sharing a, even a case study about, and you, you talk about a specific tool that you use. Like we could say that like we use a sharp cell template. The sharp cell template is like the end-to-end process for someone to write a speech from, you know, right from the start all the way to the end. And so you, you refer to some sort of tool. And so you think about this for you. What tools do you have available that you can refer to in your presentation that obviously you you don't have time to go through it? Like it's just not physically possible to go through the entire thing, but it's you refer to things and it creates open loops in people's minds and they're thinking, wow, what's that sharp cell template? Or, you know, I'd love to get a copy of that particular template, whatever it is. And so in the audience's minds, it actually creates tension. And, you, you know, even as a listener, you might even be in your own mind right now thinking, what's this sharp cell template, right? It's right. like it should create some tension. And that is the goal of a good presentation that will lead to sales, if that makes sense. And yeah. So, and can you yeah. give us an example, like, sorry to put you on the spot, Colin, but no, no, how, no. how would you word that speaking to an audience just there? Yeah, with um, when you're like referring to templates and so forth. Yeah, would you say like you know, and like I share in my program, Pitch It Perfect, da 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 da. One hundred percent. I mean, it's kind of like name dropping. You don't want mm-hmm. to do it too much, but it, you want to do it at least once or twice throughout the presentation, where it creates an open loop uh, for people. It just creates a curiosity. And so, for example, you could say, you know, let's talk about Jenny. Jenny was in a situation so you will unpack the problem and that problem should resonate with the audience. And you'll say, Jenny had this particular problem. You know, she couldn't, you know, she couldn't land brand deals or she couldn't land the speaking gigs or whatever it was. And then, and then we actually used this particular process and, and it's called the bloody blah. And what we did, and you could even skim over it. You could say we went through these one, two, three steps and the results were this. And this was the insight that we took from Jenny's experience. It was, and then you share like an insight. And then so what that does, it still gives value from what you shared, but you also created an open loop in the fact that you have this signature process that you take people through that gets results. Mm, yeah, that totally makes sense. And then you had said earlier, um, the no sale would be the keynote. So explain kind of what, for those who may not know, what the difference between like a keynote versus a more a, a presentation where you may be able to to... I mean, I guess you can have the loops even in the, in the keynote, but what would be kind of the difference there? Yeah, so context is really important when you're presenting because if you do you know, what I call a sharp sell, which is you make an offer at the end and you're not, you don't have permission to do that, you might make some sales, but you're not going to build a career. 
And so there really needs to be like a, uh, an agreement beforehand if you're going to make an offer. So that would be, that's the classic sell from stage presentation, the sharp sell. The next one is the soft sell, which is where you do an upsell content upgrade. I know at the Kajabi conference recently, there was quite a few speakers who did like a content upgrade. There was no sharp selling. There was just soft selling. And, and that is like, you can do that for most presentations. The end, the last one is what we call the no sell. And the no sell is where it's really, it, it's the difference is at the end of the presentation of a no sell, there is no reference to, you know, go text, text this number right now and you can download your copy of the sell with story guide or whatever guide you're giving away. And so there's no reference to any sort of content upgrade. It's simply an inspirational reference where you'll summarize the content that you talked about. You'll, you'll usually uh, move forward into the future. So you'll do like a future projection of you take the audience out, imagining them uh, using the concepts and the tools that you've talked about. And then you'll close off with like an inspirational quote or something like that and then say bye and then raise your hands in the air and everyone gives you a standing ovation. So the, there's actually currencies, you could say. So a sharp sell, the currency is credit cards. The soft sell, the currency is clients' details. And the no sell, the currency is claps. So you're either going to get credit cards, client details, or claps. Okay. And you've just got to work out what currency you want. Okay. So for example, if it was a sharp sell, then you are literally selling something, you know, quote unquote, the back of the room sale or something like that from Correct. the stage. Um, and then what, how would you explain what a back of back of the room sell is Colin? Yeah. Well, I mean, it all depends on how you do it. Like I've done, because they, we call it back of room sales, but I mean, that could just be, you send them to a website and they, and they register on the actual website. You could do that live in the room. My personal recommendation, if you are to ever have the opportunity where either you're, you're running a workshop because that's the easiest way to do it is you run your own workshop and then you sell at the workshop. Um, or if you have an opportunity to speak at a conference where you, you do your presentation and then obviously right at the end, there's a form that people either fill out in their seats and bring to the back of the room and sign up or they go to the back of the room and actually sign up. And so uh, it's similar to a webinar in the sense of you're pointing someone to a space to go, but usually in a live experience, people physically have to move. Um, and what I love about it doing it live is the conversion rates are like through the roof. Uh, I mean, just, mm -hmm. just recently, you, one of your friends, my friend as well, Amy Porterfield, mm -hmm. I did some work with her on a conference that she was running and speaking at. And uh, I, I gave her some coaching and mentoring through how to do her sell from stage. And um, we, she, I think she ran a two-day event. And on the second day, she did a certain type of presentation, which was basically led people into getting ready to actually um, to, to buy, right? And then they were like, they said to like she said to me, she said they were like desperate to hear what the next program was. They were like, finally, we get to do some more stuff with you. Like we're mm. really excited. And she she followed the process and she she did um, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, she, she was eighty point. <laughs> She's right. amazing, right? Yeah. But she did four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in this basically that back end of the two day event. Mm -hmm. using using a cell from stage and she came to me and she was like just blown away she actually sent me a video of that I don't know I don't know if you've seen the testimony but she sent me a video yeah. of it um 
uh, about the power of that that process and just selling from stage. Um, and so the conversion rates when you sell from a stage live are usually between, I would say low would be 15% up to about 60%. And that is, I'm talking about like a, you, like you can sell between a two to $20,000 program with those types of conversion rates. Um, so it's really high. That's what I love about a live stage and, offer. Yeah. And I would love, so the sharp sell, I get it. Like that's when you're, you're offering them something else before they leave the room. And Correct. You're, you're capturing the payment in some way, shape or form in that moment or, you know. Correct a part of the payment or whatever. The soft sell would be more of like, go to this link for a free downloadable in hopes to capture their email information or some sort of contact, which then you can use in whatever way that you do that, whether that's them, then that will lead them into a funnel to programs that you have or or something like that. Exactly. And then the no sell would just be like, you're there, you're building awareness, you're letting people know who you are, what you do. It's inspirational keynote. They clap and you when you walk off the stage, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and you feel good about yourself, but you don't get any extra money. Yes. So I would love if you could walk us through the sharp sell and the soft sell points a little bit. And I know that you have a ton of freebies on your website. So feel free to plug those if, if people can kind of go and download something and, and kind of find, get their palette wet, if you will, initially with some of this stuff. But let's say, you know, um, and we can even use me as an example, in a couple of months, I'm going to be speaking at this conference, um, in, um, in San Francisco. Um, I won't be able to do any back of the room stuff, but I could definitely do some soft sells. So what would be like your kind of biggest overview tips for me to make sure that I drive home when I'm there? With a soft sell. With a soft sell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, soft sales are great. Um, so what I would, I would recommend is first of all, start with, you know, what, what is the outcome? So what is the, you start with the end in mind what is the outcome? The outcome is that you want people to download your particular thing and have a deep desire to use it as well. Right. And so it's not just to download it, but it's for them to actually want to use it because when they use it, then they get results and then they start building that extra trust and then they go down the, the funnel right. as you could say. And so start with that end in mind. I would um, really, there's kind of three, there's like three stages or three phases to any presentation. There is the opening. Kind of three, there's like three stages or three phases to any presentation. There is the opening. And the opening is, let's say if it's a 60 minute presentation, how long is your presentation? Um, for this one will be, oh, this one will actually be a panel. So I'm going to throw that zinger in there for you as well. And it will be for an hour. Okay. Panels are a totally different beast, Yes, <laughs> but, but, but it's it, the, the same principle applies from the, what we talked about infusion selling, which is you would come to the panel with a very clear, maybe three different stories mm-hmm. or three different um, case studies that you want to refer to. And gotcha. so when you get asked a question, you want to tweak the answer and you want to answer it with the case study and then refer to the actual thing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
that would be like from a practical perspective, that's what I'll be thinking about. Now, whether you can physically say, you know, as we, you know, one of the, one of the templates that she used, I'm happy to give away for free. And whether you're allowed to would go, you know, go to this website um, or not, I would even check in with them and what they kind of, what they're cool with. Right. But um, gener- generally, you know, you've got to refer to them going to a website. Obviously, it's a lot easier if you're doing a, a presentation that's just you because right. then you've got full control over it. But I right. would just think about, you know, as we talk about in the Bloody Blah Guide, uh, which we use on, which you can grab actually for free on this, this website, Jenny actually used that process here and you can, I'm happy to give away the whole, you know, the whole um, process uh, at the, at the particular website. And so, and then you just refer to it. So it feels you do have to interject a bit and refer to it. But this is the thing is that the second kind of, uh, I guess, shift in thinking you need to make is that we talked about the first one, which was speaking is selling. The second one is that selling is serving. And until someone can really be sold into your program and buy your program or join your program, you can't really serve them. Mm. Like you can kind of help them, but you can't really serve. Until someone joins your program, Julie, like you can't really, really serve them. You can help them, you can inspire them, but until they join your program, that is when they see the real transformation. And so don't ever feel like, oh, I feel bad for selling my stuff. Um, and so, cause really that's serving people. It's the only way you can serve. Yeah. And I just want to interject just quickly, because I know that you're giving a lot of good information. And, and if anybody wants, we have free transcripts of all of our episodes. If you want to download this tree, this free transcript, you can go to juliesolomon.net forward slash one, three, four, because I, I know he's just given us a ton of information and we're about to dive into any more. And I know how, um, if you're a highlight friendly person, like I am, you may want to really start taking a lot of notes with what he's walking through with us. So juliesolomon.net forward slash one, three, four on that. So Colin, you said the the three phases, you know, bringing in the case studies or the stories to kind of refer back to any of the questions that you're getting, really remembering that you, that it's a service and not a sell. And that really kind of driving home, like this is how you serve with, you know, how I serve is through these products and services that I created. That's how I can walk alongside you. That's how I can really show up and support you. Was there a final phase? Were those the first two? Well, they're kind of, I mean, for me in my head, they're like principles. The phases are essentially the opening. And I'm talking about a classic presentation. You've got the opening, which is about connecting with your audience and usually you're going to start with like a signature story there. And so if, if there is actually, there is actually a really helpful guide that we use. Um, it's called the sellwithstoryguide.com. And you can literally download how to tell a signature story that sells. And so, because there's a specific full process that you can go through. And so I would recommend doing a signature story at the front end because the, the purpose of the, of the start is to, is to show context to connect with your audience and then really create this convincing drive of why what you're about to talk about is important. And so that's the opening, the first phase. The second phase is the content phase. And that's where you're going to be talking about three to five principles or mistakes and you're going to be infusing your particular ideas and you're going to be basically referring to templates and ideas that you may not be able to go through fully. 
but that's like the infusion part and selling through the content. And then you move into the close. And the close is where if you think about a, a, a soft sell, you will, you will refer them back to, hey, if you haven't yet, make sure you go to, you know, sellwithstoryguide.com and you can download the free template that you'll be able to tell your signature story from. And so you want to remind them at the end of where to go to. And then you will close out with some inspiration on a soft sell because you're obviously not getting them to get up and, and join your programs. And so the three phases are the opening, the, then the content, and then the close. And I know that's really simple, but even just having that in your mind of going, I'm about connecting and giving context at the start. The content is about my principles and my ideas and really infusing some of the, the, the content that we do as a paid program in there. And then the close is where you show them what to do. You tell them where to go. Amazing. Um, that makes total sense for the soft sell. I now, I now want to switch it to more of what you would call, I don't want to call it the sharp sell. I was going to call it the hard sell, but the sharp sell sounds better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Because um, yes. that's what people used to always call it. And so I called it the sharp sell. I'd never heard of someone calling it that. Yeah. Yes, I like that. I like that better. So with the sharp, the sharp sell, let's say that I'm, you know, I've got an hour on a stage, I can sell whatever I want, or let's say that I'm even doing my own workshop or event, or someone's doing their own workshop and event that people paid to come, but then you want to sell them something else before they walk out the door. How, mm. how would you craft and create more of, more of that? Yeah. Well, if you're running a one day program, you're going to want to do that before afternoon tea. And so, cause you want to build the know, like a trust throughout the day. If you're doing a two-day program, you're going to want to do it uh, maybe before lunch on the second day. That's what I personally like to do. There's all, you can do it in different spaces, but you just want to allow some time for them to really get emotionally engaged with you and to re really trust you, right? Because they've got to be able to make a decision. And so if you're doing a sharp sell where you're actually making an offer at a workshop, Really, it's going to lead into the, I would recommend doing a piece of content before you do your offer that is going to create desire for what you're about to offer. And so what I mean by that is you could do uh, like, you could do three to five big mistakes that people make in your industry, but those mistakes are not just general mistakes. They're mistakes that are going to basically help people to remove the barriers that, that, that they would have in saying yes to your offer when you actually make your offer and your pitch. And so, kind so of like one, the you know, for example, yeah, correct. So you yeah. write down your objections. And so let's say one, one objection, let's say you were selling a workshop. And so one objection would be that people have to fly to the workshop. They have to spend money. They have to put in time, et cetera. And so you could say one big mistake is that, people don't get themselves out of their current world and their environment and get into rooms of, of like-minded entrepreneurs who really will encourage you to go to a whole other level. People don't do that regularly enough. And that's maybe one of your mistakes. And then your pitch is actually to run a workshop, right? And so if you can, if you can manage some of the objections up front, it's going to make the offer so much easier. Now, now, this is the thing is that it's always the customer's decision of whether they want to join. Like you're not going to twist their arm. But, you're, but if you can remove some of the barriers that they would have up that are going to stop them from making a congruent yes, if it's a right fit for them, 
then that's your responsibility as the communicator. Right. That makes sense. And and you would do that kind of the same in the in the in the three phases are the same for the soft sell as they are for the sharp sell. Yeah. So I mean a workshop's slightly different because it's it's a longer experience. And so I would, if I was to run a workshop, I would think about uh, let's say the the 19 minutes before I'm doing my presentation, I want to be really conscious of the ideas and the objections that I'm addressing throughout the content I'm delivering. And so I want to have the end goal in mind, which is them to say yes to the program if it's a right fit for them. And so I'm going to be really conscious in that 90 minutes coming up to it using those three phases, which is I'm going to give some context of the idea of what I'm talking about I'm going to connect them and really make make why I want to why I want to share these ideas important. Then I'm going to move through the content of the five big mistakes or the three big mistakes, and then I'm going to move into the actual sell itself. Now, there's two kind of decisions that you can make. That you can make a full what I call an inclusion sell. An inclusion sell is when you basically include everyone in the workshop in the sell and. One of the reasons why you wouldn't do that is because sometimes the offer may not be right for everyone. Right. And it also feels a little bit like you're pushing an offer onto them sometimes. So it's like, hey, this is the next steps. I think that's, that's totally fine because it's still their decision. But if you want to reduce that even more, you can do what I call an invitational sell. And this is like the magic. And so how this works is you actually say to them, hey, we're going to have a break. And this is after your piece of content. You say, we're going to have a break, uh, just a bathroom break. And, uh, you know, we're going to come back in about 10 minutes. And then I'm going to talk about the next program, the one that I've been referring to throughout the last two days. And for those of you who are interested in joining, you can come back. We're going to have a small bite to eat available for you. And you can hear about the program. And so you literally have a break before you do a sell. And then people, this is what's magic, is people come back in the room and they are ready to be sold to. Right, because they made the decision. Correct. Mm, that's good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then it takes all the awkwardness away. Right. Because it's, it's like, it's your decision. Like you, I'm not pulling one over you. You know what you're about to get into. I'm about to tell you about this program and how it's so amazing and how it can transform your life and, you know, how... I would love to come alongside you and support you in doing it. And this is what it looks like or whatever that exactly. is. Exactly. Exactly. All right, cool. And then, um, so we talked, we talked soft sell. We talked sharp sell in terms of like a one or two day workshop. What about yeah. sharp sell if you have an hour on a stage? Yeah, well, sharp sell if you have an hour on a stage. I mean, there's those three phases again, right? It's the, the, um, the opening, the content and the close the close is going to be quite different and the opening is going to be slightly different. So what I mean by that is the opening, you're going to basically say to them, hey, we're, you know, we've only got an hour or so together, so I'm going to give you as much content as we can, uh, as I can. But at the end, I'm going to share with you where you can take some next steps for those of you who really resonate with these ideas. Would that be all right? And so you, you're going to ask for some permission um, in that transition between the opening and moving into your content. Uh, okay. And so you'll do a positioning piece at the front end. And then you're really just priming them that you're going to offer some next steps. 
Um, okay. And then and you're, you're and you let them know on the front end. Correct. Like, yeah, we only have an hour. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive in with as much as I can, but I obviously can't teach you everything I know in an hour. So once we're done with this, I'm going to tell you exactly where to go if you're interested in more. Exactly. Okay. You've done that before. And so uh, <laughs> the, that's, yeah, you, you just essentially ask them for permission at the front at some level. And then, and, and it's truth as well. Like you only have an hour, like you can't give them everything. And so then you do content and then obviously you move into your, into your close. And so that the transition from the content to the close is, is where you are bringing up the need of, Hey, you probably still have some challenges that you're wanting to address. And would it be okay if I share with you, for those of you, I like the idea of like, for those of you who have resonated with the content, like you might even say, if you're on a webinar, or if you're on a live stage, you say, who here feels like they've resonated with the content and the ideas we've talked about today? Like just show of hands, who has resonated with it? And you lift your hand up physically if you're on a live stage and, you know, probably 95% of people will lift their hand up. There's always some people who don't lift their hand up just because they're lazy or they just can't be bothered. <laughs> but it's like people go, yeah, I really resonated with it. And then you can go, I like that word resonate. And it's like, hey, if you've resonated with these ideas, would it be okay if I share with you just some next steps that you can take if you would like to move forward and, and continue this journey with me? And then, and then you, you're not going to ask for a physical yes, but even when you're saying it, you might even be nodding slightly. And so physically, mm. you'll be nodding slightly as you're saying that. You've got your hand up in the air and you say, would it be okay if I share with you? And you kind of like, you're not doing it all the time, but you're nodding occasionally and people will be nodding with you. And right. then you actually move into your, into your cell. And I love the idea of saying that whole resistance piece of going, hey, you know, before I do this, I do have some hesitation. Um, and you kind of like pull the handbrake on before you go into it and people are like hesitation, you know, cause this is like, this is not going to be for everyone. Right. And so when you pull, yeah, when you pull back on a sale, it actually creates credibility mm. because if you're all gung ho and going, Hey, this is what you have to do. You must do it. Like, this is amazing. People are resistant because you're pushing something onto them. But when you start pulling back and going, hey, this is not going to be for everyone. I'm right. be I don't know if you you're know really ready for this. And they're like, no, yes. no, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You may not be ready for this. Right. Yeah. And then you can unpack like some of the, some of the reasons why someone might be ready, like practical reasons, like maybe they're not ready in the stage of their business. And another one is you unpack the values and this is a big one. And this is for me, like there's a, there's about nine different strategies that I go through, but it's one of them is what I call future identity and future identity is where you, you think about what are the values that someone who, who actually does well in your programs have. And so that might be, you know, they're willing to roll up their sleeves and do some hard work. Um, they're willing to, work on their product and make it something that they're truly proud of. They're willing to, and it's like you're unpacking the values of someone. And when you do your, your pitch, you're not actually pitching the product. You're pitching an identity of mm. this is the person who does this program. And if they resonate with the identity, then the program just makes logical sense. That's, that's, that's the identity that they're buying. They're not buying a program. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, when you're saying this, it's, it's making a lot of sense to me because it reminds me of the webinars that I do because I don't pitch them my product. I pitch them the feeling 
that they're going yes. to have once they get the results that they're looking for that the program has to offer. Exactly. Yeah, it's who okay. they want to be. It's that it's the identity. Right. And identity is the strongest driver of of human beings. Yes, that makes so much sense. And it's you know, for anyone listening who's ever done a webinar or or anything like that, I feel like there's always been this idea that selling in person is like it, it can it can feel so intimidating and so overwhelming because you're in person and there's no screen that you can essentially hide behind. But when you're walking me through it, it really in some ways is similar to how it's you would really sell similar. something on a webinar. No, it's really similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's really similar. And in our, like in our program, we refer to both. And it's like, as you get to this stage, if you're on a webinar, you can do this. If you're in the live stage, you can do that. And it's like, cause it's so similar to principles. That's really cool. Thank you so yeah. much of walking yeah, us welcome. through that. I have an, uh, one more question. If you are, doing the sharp sell and you're selling something from stage, obviously you want your content to relate to what you're going to be selling. Is there any rhyme or reason, or does it just kind of depend on the product, the person, the brand, what have you on, you know, what you should be essentially offering them in the back of the room, quote unquote? Are you, so just ask that again, are you referring to the content? Yeah. To like, um, you know, if, yeah, like, is there, is there one thing that works really, really well to sell in the back of the room versus something that doesn't tend to work well, or does it really just kind of depend on the person and and the product? It it all depends on the audience. Yeah. It all depends. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. So crucial to the success of your sell. I've done presentations that in one presentation, I've done you know over a hundred thousand dollars in half an hour in a presentation live in a room, right. and I've done, I've done same presentation, and it's done like one tenth of that, and and it's so it's not it, well, I didn't change the presentation; it was the audience, and so the audience is so important to get that audience resonance, that audience congruence with your offer. Um, you can have the best presentation ever, but if your audience is not right or not a right fit, then the sale can actually fall pretty flat. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. But you can pretty much sell anything. Like as long as the audience wants it and you've designed your presentation right to actually move them towards a desire for it, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter what it is. Like you could be selling them a couch or you could be selling them an online <laughs> right. program. Like it doesn't matter what it is. You, you can sell pretty much anything. That's amazing. Okay, Colin. So if you've given us so much what today, and I think you, and and a lot of how actually of, of how to make this happen. If someone wants to really dive into this in a more individualized and more personalized and supportive way, can you please direct us to where we can go to do that? Yeah. Well, I think the easiest step would be, as I mentioned before, the sellwithstoryguide.com. And that's going to really help you to unpack your signature story so you can use it on your next webinar or your next live presentation. And so that's like probably the easiest step. And for those of you who are interested in, in uh, we've got a program, it's called um, Self from Stage Academy. And so you can check it out there, selffromstageacademy.com. And that's kind of takes you through all the details and the results and so forth. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. And then also, what does influence mean to you? Influence. For me, influence is about, I mean, for me, it's about impact. And so uh, the reason why I go back to one step, it's like, why would I do that? It's to change their lives. 
And so it's to help them to become all of who they are called to be. And so the reason why I, I feel really obsessed with influence is to when I finish my life, at the end of my life, I'm 90 years old sitting in my rocking chair and I look back and go, you know, did I leave the impact and the legacy that I was called to leave? And if I've learned how to influence well, then that's going to dramatically increase that. And so um, that's, that's why I love influence and influence is for me, it's about, it's about impact, releasing their potential. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Well, Colin, um, I know that you, we gave Selwa Story Guide and your website is colinboyd.co. Where can people find you on social media as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the Instagrams and so mm-hmm. just Colin Boyd with one L. Um, and, uh, on Facebook, I actually do pretty regular Facebook live with lots of how-to content and so forth on just Colin Boyd, uh, Facebook. So yeah, Julie, you were amazing at interviewing. I've just got to say, uh, you've drawn out a lot of like really practical content in today's conversation. So I want to thank you. Thank you. And thank you for letting me be the guinea pig because I feel like whenever we can we can use practical examples, it just it, it always helps me understand things. And I think I I know I know the the listeners of this podcast really, really well. And I, I know that it helps them as well. So I appreciate you letting me put you on the spot and asking you all of those questions and and navigating that for us so smoothly. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right, I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Next time on the Influencer Podcast. Then you really have to start thinking about not what are you worth, but what are you valued at? What are your skills valued at in your industry? And what is the return on the investment going to be for somebody who who ultimately hires and works with you. And I think that's really the differentiator. Like, um, I think a lot of the time people will just add extra zeros or feel shame or whatever around their rates because it's now attached to their identity in the sense that like, I know I'm worth more. I need to charge more. And it's like, your worth is infinite. 